When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Chelsea fans, and welcome along to another Blue is the Colour podcast. Um, a bit of a special one today because Ollie, Ollie Harbord is, is out in Singapore for us at the moment. Um, he was in China for the, for the Arsenal game, watched the Bayern Munich game yesterday, which we'll come on to, and, and also uh, the Inter game coming up. So, good afternoon to you, Ollie. Good afternoon, slash evening. There he is. Yeah, of course, it's evening over there. It's what? Sort of like yeah. 20 past 8 your time, 20 past 1 here in the UK. Yeah. Um, and we've got yeah, Kev Byrne along with us as well today. You okay? Yeah, nice to be here in London and not Singapore. <laughs> what's it like in Singapore, <laughs> Ali? What's the what's it? Uh, obviously, today's been a, a non-match day, non-event day, really, um, following the buying game. But what's what's the kind of the mood been like um, around around Chelsea and the and the camp? Yeah, well, the mood after the first game uh, was very very good. Um, obviously, beating Arsenal three 0 um, not just the result, it was more the performance as well. Um, you know, Arsene Wenger said after the game he, he felt the team were pretty jaded. Come, obviously, that was the last game of their sort of four games for. Uh, and, you know, Chelsea looked really fresh and good to go. Um, there were some issues, obviously, Pedro with his collision with the Spina, so had to fly home, which is not ideal, especially as Edmund Hazard is already back home injured as well. So that was an ideal, and then um, the mood has slightly changed, I'd say, in Singapore. Obviously, uh, the Kennedy situation uh, with the social media posts and him being had to sort of kicked off the tour, and then the, the, the defeat to Bayern, where the performance really wasn't wasn't as good. So, yeah, I'd say it's it's swung slightly in the fact that it's the the mood is is probably not as good as it was in, in Beijing, but I'm sure, you know, a couple of they've got about three days training now, so by the time it gets around to into I'm sure that might have changed. And obviously in that Arsenal game, Kev, everything sort of seemed to click for Chelsea really and, and off the back of signing Alvaro Alvaro Morata from Real Madrid, Misha Bachwai sent a bit of a Bit of a message to Antonio Conte with his two goals in that game, didn't he? Yeah, what does he have now? Five goals in three preseason games so far? Yep. He's uh he's really kicked on from the end of last season when he was given that chance to play more in the, the FA Cup semi final and, and from then on. You know, he's you've got to remember he's still a good player. He's just young. He just needs to get a few games under his belt really. He cost a lot of money last summer and there's a lot of talk about possibly getting rid of him already. But he's he's so young and he, you can see that the talent's there. He just needs to, to refine his game a bit more. And yeah, five games, five goals in three games this preseason. He's done exactly what you would want him to do. Absolutely. And Murata came on as a Batshuayi got the nod again uh, from the start yesterday, Oli, and, and Murata obviously came on as a as a substitute. But did you did you see some encouraging signs of link up play there? Because obviously with with Hazard's injury and some uncertainty over Pedro, I don't think you know. I don't think it can definitely be ruled out that he might play Murata and Batshuayi in the same team. And obviously. Morata sort of played from the left-hand side, didn't he? How, how, how? What was your kind of take on how they got on together? 
Yeah, I mean, it was, a bit, it was a bit of a shame, actually, to see them on the pitch together, but not playing up front together as a pair. Um, yeah. I mean, when Morata came on, he did just come on and sort of switch with Boga and play down the left. I mean, you could see him drifting inside more and more. He wanted to play that centre-forward role, which I'm sure he probably will do against Inter. I'm sure he'll get the nod to start against Inter. It was a shame that they didn't... That I kind of thought that he might try them together when he came on. Uh, maybe change the formation just a little bit and, and sort of have William playing behind them and, and just let the sort of wing-backs have the role up and down the wings. Um, so it, it's a bit hard to judge. He only played, he played less than half an hour in a position that he won't be playing very much for uh, for Chelsea and Shaw in the season. Um, so not not many signs there, you'd say, of actual link-up striker play. But I'm sure it's a, something you can trial. Maybe you'll give them a go up top together against Inter. Uh, and that'd be quite interesting to see. But unfortunately, you couldn't, take, couldn't read too much into their partnership in the first game. Do you, do you think Chelsea have got the, the right striker for what Antonio Conte wants, Kev, in, in Morata? Or do you think... Lukaku or some of the other players that were linked, Aubameyang, obviously a completely different type of striker than Morata. But do you think they've they've got the right fit? I think Aubameyang would have been a very good player. He's very quick. He likes to to work on the break, which Chelsea like to do. Morata's kind of the closest you can get to the kind of jack of all trades kind of striker. He he can do an awful lot. I don't think you can really go wrong with a striker like that. It just depends on how much he's asked to do if he's only being asked to do one specific thing then yeah they're gonna he might come up a bit short but I think he's so versatile and the way Conte wants to play requires such versatility that I think I think it's a pretty good signing do you think he's the closest yeah I think I think also as well sorry I was just gonna say on that just I think what the difference with what Conte wanted as a striker, he wants somebody who works well off the ball as well. Yeah. So when they're not in possession, you know, he's really sort of chasing around the front line and, and harrying players as well. Um, something that Costa maybe didn't do quite as much last season, probably one of the reasons why Conte was willing to let him go. And something that Lukaku, you know, is not known for. He's known for being a guy up there and, and sort of just working from the front when, when his team have the ball. So I think... I think that's why another bonus to why Morata was sort of the striker that Conte really wanted to get in. And it sounds as if, obviously, that was, you know, a lot of suggestions that Conte, um, Morata was Conte's choice, and you know, some murmurings that Lukaku would have been the board's choice. Um, but to back him to go for a player that he wanted, and now it sounds as if he he, he wants another three or four additions. Um, where, where do you think what positions Ollie, do you think are the ones um, they have to prioritise for the remainder of the window if, if it is to be four signings what are the four areas that you would strengthen uh, I still think they need strengthen in central midfield um, you know obviously they brought in Bakayoko but with Chalaba going Matic on his way out you know they've still only got three recognised central midfielders and if you look on the bench as well what they've brought out here on tour you know, it's only Lewis Baker and Kyle Scott, a sort of academy player, who, who really can play in those roles. So, I mean, you know, there's definitely an area they need to strengthen there. I think left wing back is another one as well because it's a very specific role. Uh, now, obviously, with Kennedy flying home, sort of being disgraced after the, after what happened, you know, you can't see much of a future there. So, I'd say a left wing back is definitely a priority as well. Um, you know, I think one of those three or four. Four signings. I think it's going to be a centre forward as well. I mean, obviously, still a lot of talk about Lorente. What, what um, do you? And whether he's, what do you? What do you think about that? Do you think that is 
potentially going to stunt Batchway and his progress and, and, and how he can kind of you know become an option for Chelsea beyond Morata do, do you think if they go out and sign Lorente and you would imagine he automatically then becomes second choice behind Morata what does that then mean for Batchway? Yeah I think it's a really good point I think it's a really difficult one for Batshuayi. I think if Lorente does come in and Batshuayi, the player himself, whatever Conte wants to do with him, he will want to go out somewhere because he wants to go, he wants to play football. And now he's proven that he can go score goals as well. You know, if he has, if he continues this great goal scoring form in pre-season, say he scores another one against Inter or gets another couple or something like that, you know, he's not going to want to be sitting on the bench. The last thing he wants to be doing is being third striker as well. Um, and you're right, I think it would stunt his, stunt his progress in Chelsea. I think if, he, if that did happen, he'd have to go out on loan. Um, so I just think that, I, I mean, I don't think they need to bring in the Lorente particularly. Um, you know, it's another option, I guess. But if Conte does that, I can see uh, that's why he's moving on. Loan? Uh, yeah, I think it would be on loan. I think it, it'd, pretty, it'd probably be maybe in the sixth Premier League alone that they take that he sends out this season already. Um, but I think it's too much money to, to get rid of straight away. As Kev said earlier, you know, he was, what, 33 million or something. I think they'd need to loan him out. And then if he has a good loan spell, then maybe they could sell him on after that if they didn't want to keep him. Some links, Kev, as well to Antonio Kondreva of Inter, right wing back, another option to Victor Moses. Do you, do you think they... Possibly with Hazard's injury, with Pedro obviously suffering that collision um, with David Ospina. Do you think those two kind of inside forward roles off the main front man, do you think there's you know, potential for those to be strengthened maybe? Is Candreva a player that maybe could play in one of those positions? Yeah, maybe. It's, it's funny how you have squad depth until you suddenly don't. Like, we were talking all during the season, we were talking about how... William couldn't get a game and he couldn't get into this team at all and they were so stacked in this position and now suddenly they might go into the season with only one player to play in these positions so it is funny like that I think you might see more of a formation change than bringing in someone specifically for that because when Pedro and Hazard do recover they're going to be the starting guys it's going to be a hard sell to get someone who can make an instant impact who's then willing to take a step back afterwards. I've got a solution. Jeremy Boga. Jeremy Boga. He has been uh, yeah. on fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Ollie, what have you what, yeah, have you, what he, have you thought of his he's performance? He's been impressive. He's definitely been impressive. Um, but is he ready to take the next step up? I, don't, I just don't know whether... You know, I think it's, it's a good point about the squad that's in that position because... You know, it, it, it could happen. If this happened in the, you know, they got lucky last season without injuries. Absolutely got lucky. And if this happens in the middle in the middle of next season, that happens around January, January, February time, and the, you know, if they get to the second round of the Champions League and the Premier League races hotting up and things like that, then they really are screwed a little bit. Obviously, I know you've got the January transfer window where maybe they can reinforce in those positions. But yeah, Boga has been very impressive. He's been, you know, he's, he's like any young sort of winger if you like trying to make an impression he's played he's just played without fear he gets the ball he tries to drive the defenders he tries to make things happen uh, you know he gets he makes the wrong decision at times but then so does quite a few youngsters and you know he's getting his shot as well because Charlie Masonda is injured uh, so that could be an interesting one if Charlie Masonda is back fit for the intergame if he gets his chance then 
we'll see about that. He has been he has been pretty impressive though, yeah, to be fair to Do you think Conte might then look at players that he feels Candreva seems like an obvious fit to me as someone that is kind of an out-and-out winger, really, but has played in the wing-back role at Inter. Do you think he might look for someone with that versatility to offer, give him those options in multiple positions? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where that's why you know the, the talk about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's come around as well yep. because he does have that position to cover in central midfield as well as right wing-back. Um, but you know, Rudiger can do that as well. He can cover in centre back at all. He can play in the right wing back role, as can Aspilicueta as well. So that's why for me, right wing back isn't quite as important. It's not quite as crucial. Kanjeva's what 30 as well, and, and if they put him to a multi-million, um, multi-year deal, sorry, then that goes against maybe their usual transfer policy. But um, he is an obvious fit. He's an obvious fit to bring in if, they, if they're desperate for a right wing back. But I do think there are other areas that probably need dealing with uh, more urgently than, than that role. Do you think, Kev, if, if Oli makes a good point that they, have, they do have options in that right wing back role, but as Piliqueta and Rudiger compared to a Victor Moses in that position, that almost completely changes the whole mindset of that side of the pitch then doesn't it it becomes a, mo- a lot more of a defensive formation than it would be with Moses who is you know primarily a winger yeah well you're, you're putting two guys who are natural centre backs into the right wing back role instead of a natural winger into the, the right wing back role none of them are Asian Irish wing backs so you would definitely be changing the kind of style there but it's not necessarily a bad thing I mean Alonso gets a rough time of things. He's a good player. He can get forward quite well, and it would probably benefit him if they were attacking down his side mainly, and he knew that the other side was secure. If the left side was more about the attacking, because that's really where Alonso's strengths lie, and it's where Moses' strengths lie too. But I think the the area of the pitch that I'm most worried about from a Chelsea perspective is the centre of the midfield, because. You've got some very good starters, but once you get past that, Fabregas is a very good player, but he can't play consistently. He he can't do that anymore. He hasn't been able to do that for a long time now. Bakayoko, very good player, gets injured quite a lot. A new signing from the French league as well. Yeah, it takes a bit of time to bet in. Kante Mm. is a fantastic player, but he's been playing non-stop for two years now. Like, they're... There, there do some injuries. Do you think? Yeah, that, I think that. that yeah. Sorry, just in the in the Bayern game as well. I think you saw the real frailty of Fabregas' defensive work. Um, you know, Bayern hit them on the counter for you know basically all the goals yesterday. And they, they were three identical. The three identical beginnings to each one of those goals. Yeah, exactly, and and they just didn't have the they didn't have the legs. Now you know, Bakayoko does, if, as Kev says, if he stays fit, then he, then he does. Um, maybe that will mean a change of system. I still think, obviously, Fabregas has a lot to offer uh, the team, and maybe he goes for more of a 3-5-2 and, and gets sort of Fabregas at the top. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens uh, over the course of the season. But there were some... There, I think Kev's absolutely right. I think it showed that there are some central midfield frailties that do need to, um, that do need to sort of get sorted out. Okay. Interesting. Um, you you spoke to Andreas Christensen, um, who's back from Borussia Mönchengladbach, as 
um, has featured in pre-season. What, what have you made of him so far? And, and do you think he can... I mean, the expectation, I guess, is that he'd be the fifth choice of, of you know, the options in the back line that Conte's got. But do you think he can make a real push? And do you think the fact that they've not been linked with many central defenders... It sounds as if, if Virtual Van Dijk, if they're given any encouragement, you know, to perhaps move for him, they would. But I don't, I don't see him as a top target for Chelsea. And, and do you think that's possibly a, a sign of confidence in Christensen? Uh, yeah, I think also with Van Dijk, I think there's that feeling that, you know, even with all the Liverpool stuff that happened, I still there's, there seems to be a very strong feeling that Liverpool is his still number one choice as yeah. the player himself. And, you know, something I'm sure will get smoothed over. Liverpool probably have to pay over the odds for him, but I think they want him and they need him. So I think on that front as well, maybe Chelsea are cooling a little bit on it because they, they realise it's not quite as much of a target as they, they can really get for him. Um, as you say, if, if somebody who turns around and says, actually, I'll happily join Chelsea, then I'm sure they'll go in for him because he's a top-quality centre-back. Um, Christensen, he, you know, it was a difficult one last night. It wasn't an easy game for him. Um, a lot of the goals came from um, sort of the wide areas. And, you know, Rafinha's shot, I thought Courtois really should have done better with. Um, Muller's first goal... They just it was too exposed down the right wing, so there wasn't a lot Christensen could do. I did think it was at centre of the first goal actually. Thomas Muller's it, it very was a very very good strike from 30 yards out. Um, he and Cale just backed off and backed off and backed off and just let him shoot, and he, he just found the bottom corner. And, and you know Muller's not generally going to beat you for pace, um, so it was a bit of, you know there was some naivety in that central defensive role. And then the other thing you saw about it was when Louise came on for him, the difference in class was just. Incredible, really. Uh, Louise has got that, you know, ability to stay calm on the ball, um, find great pinpoint uh, passes to sort of wingers and forwards, and also just, you know, mop up anything that was going on, really. So, I think Christensen is, is probably going to be part of the squad. I can see that happening, but um, he's still got a lot to learn. So, I wouldn't think, you know, he should be thrown into the Premier League to start, and, they, and people expect him to be, uh, you know, the next star of Chelsea's defence. Yeah. How, how do you think he compares to in levels of readiness to Nathan Ake then? Well, yeah, that's that's actually a rich point. I'd say Nathan Ake was a lot more ready for the Premier League than Christmas. And well, it's, it's difficult because you know I'm judging this on one game really. So you know it's hard. You, you kind of want to judge people on on it, but looking at that one performance, you'd have to say Nathan Ake would definitely be be ready um, maybe slight difference in Christensen was playing in the central of the three so maybe a bit more responsibility on his shoulders as well um, and it is you know that can be quite difficult uh, I, I, I still think it was a bizarre decision to let Ake go very good for him obviously but um, you know Christensen will take a bit of time but I'm sure you know he's played in the Bundesliga for two years so it's a fantastic league um, he said you know he's played about 80 odd games in those two seasons um, he's played Champions League for them as well, so yeah, you know, I think he he will be he'll be ready. Okay. The um, obviously Antonio Rudiger's had his first training session with with Chelsea today. Um, he he was in, he was at the Singapore Stadium yesterday, um, and a video that Chelsea put out of him waving to the fans and a little bit of a, a pre-match warm-up. But today's his his first kind of. Uh, opportunity to really bed in with with his teammates, and it, it's kind of a good thing that he's got a bit, a bit of time to acclimatise to 
new surroundings with his new teammates um, ahead of the Inter game on Saturday. And he, he's probably likely to get his chance, isn't he? I think he has to get his chance, yeah. I think that, you know, it's uh, maybe slightly strange that he's only come out for one game. Um, you know, it's not an ideal situation that he's flown out for, you know, on the Tuesday so he couldn't even play the match on Tuesday night. Obviously, he played in the Confederations Cup, so like you know, like Alexis Sanchez, for example, was getting extra time to rest, which is fair enough, nothing wrong with that at all, but it seems like it's... Uh, you know, not not the best preparation for the new season. So he's only got that one game really to impress before the Community Shield against Arsenal and August the sixth. So I assume he would do. Um, it's good to get another centre back in there and, and someone who'll be pushing for a start. And and we'll see properly what he's made of uh, at the weekend. It's a big opportunity for him to go out there and impress Kev. Given that he's obviously flown out for this one fixture, he'll, he'll be determined to make some sort of impression on on the fans. Yeah, there, there seems to be a feeling amongst Chelsea fans that this is the year to to ease Cahill out of the team. Expect Cahill to be starting. Yeah. He's captain for the season. Yeah. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see, by the end of the season, Cahill not be a regular in that team anymore. So that's up to someone like Rudiger or Christensen to push Cahill out if they're as good as they're supposed to be. Do you, do you guys think there might be scope for another addition there, or not? In centre-back? Yeah. I, there might be. I just find it so strange that if they are going to keep adding all these people, why get rid of someone like Ake? Zuma. Or Zuma, yeah. Zuma's off. Where's he gone to Stoke? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just, I, don't, I don't understand the, the process of... Especially someone like Zuma, that they've invested so much time into Okay, Ake kind of cut his teeth at Bournemouth a bit. But Zuma has been, you know, majority of his education has been at Chelsea. And I, I don't get why they would send him out to bring someone else in now. It just, that doesn't make sense to me. But the, the whole yeah, the treatment of Ake never made about, sense to me. Sorry, the only thing I'd say about Zuma is obviously that he, he didn't have a lot of game time last season. Yeah. Um, you know, he, with, he, with he came, he's had that pretty bad injury. And if he's not, the worst thing for him would have been to be sitting on the bench once again um, for however long um, while he, he wanted game time. I, I think personally for, for Zuma, it's obviously, I think Stoke's a fantastic move for him because he, he needs to play regular first team football. Uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll do that at Stoke. Um, but I do agree about Ake as well. You know, he, he you know he, he played well for Bournemouth in, in the Premier League. Um, and his ability and to play he in... was then not given his chance, and it's just it's a shame to see him go. His ability to play in numerous areas as well. Left wing back isn't an ideal situation for him, but he, he could play there. He could play as the left sided centre back. Could even play as a defensive midfielder. Really, I I was surprised mm. to see him go. Not because I was surprised that Chelsea let him go. I wasn't surprised at all that he wanted to leave. Because the way he was treated in the second half of the season was ridiculous. To recall him from that loan and then use him just three times, was it? Not even enough to get a medal. I think that that was an insult to him, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, question for you both. What would be, as things stand, the starting lineup that you would go with against Burnley on the opening day? Kev, you can go first. Um. I'll go Kev, you go. <laughs> I, I will happily let Ollie's, you... Ollie's chomping at the bit there. 
Alright, I'll, I'll go there first and try. He's, um, he's got his tactics board up in his Singapore hotel room as we speak. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, I would say, well, I'm going to assume that uh, obviously Hazard won't be fit in time. Uh, I'm going to go with the fact that Bakayoko is looking like he won't be fit in time well, or at least he won't be, he won't be, you wouldn't have thought he'd be ready to play due to the fact he won't play any pre-season. Um, so I'm going to go, I, can, I can go for a bit of an easier one here with what might happen. Um, I think it'll be Courtois, um, I think Louise, Cable and Asperquetta. Uh, I think Moses, Alonso. Um, I think it'll have to be Fabregas and Canto. And then I would say um, Pedro is most likely going to be fit. And they said it was going to be 10 days to sort of, he's going to be wearing a mask, uh, one of Chelsea's Lone Ranger masks that they seem to always wear. Um, so I think it'll be Pedro, William and Morata. I would probably say the same team except for Bashuai. I think Bashuai ahead Ooh. of Murata. Yeah, I, I think... You know, you're, he, not, you're not stopping your club record being striking in, in the first game in the Premier League season. I think he'll try to ease him in a bit more. Okay. And I think Bashuai is playing mm. well enough. I mean, this I is... think Burnley at home on a, on a 3 o'clock on Saturday is easing him in enough. When the next, in the next game they've got Spurs away at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that he'll be... <laughs> kind of drip fed in a little bit and then he'll he'll take over the role I think the thing with with Fabregas particularly in that fixture as well is that is the kind of game where you, where you you almost don't want Kante and Bakayoko as that pairing yeah. I think it's similar to yeah. what they had with Matic last season isn't it in that you probably at, at home to a team like that who are going to come and shut up shop and, and try and try and hit you on the counter if anything I think Fabregas is the player that you need in those situations so yeah, I, I think I agree, Ollie. I can't see any way in that they try and force Bakayoko through for a game like that. Spurs would be, again, maybe would be a difficult place for him to go and, and make his debut in, in a fixture like that. Um, so we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, just, just to round off, we've got, got five minutes here. We've already packed plenty in. But um, just give us a bit of a... Obviously, you've... Uh, written a, a bit of a tour diary for us, which is which has just gone live on the website. Actually, um, just give us a bit of a take on on how it's been for you, it, the experience of being out there with with the team, and and what Conte seemed like, and what the players have seemed like. Bit of kind of a behind the scenes kind of idea for Chelsea fans of what it's been like in in China and Singapore. Uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> it's definitely been an experience. I got to say, especially uh, especially China and Beijing. Um, it was I don't know how the best way to describe it um, it was it was it was chaotic at times um, <laughs> things obviously uh, not a lot of people generally speak the language speak English here uh, in in sort of Beijing um, so getting around as a journalist makes things a little bit um, difficult um, you've got to say that the things you're used to at home things like uh, stable Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> just uh, general you know Plugs being in every corner of every room um, don't seem to happen quite as much as well. Um, you, you get the feeling that they, you know, they're trying hard, especially in, in Beijing more than more than Singapore. They're obviously trying hard to impress and to um, you know make it seem like they know what they're doing to the to the highest level. And at times it, it can be a little bit um, chaotic. People sort of running back and forth, and are we doing this now? Are we doing that now? As it, as it sort of goes. Um, Singapore is very different, though. Um, you have to say everything's a lot more 
organised around here. The tournament itself is very, very organised, um, obviously being an ICC Champions Cup tournament. Um, so it has been, it's been an experience. China, is, China as a, for a journalist is, is, uh, is quite the experience. Uh, Players-wise, Conte, you know, very relaxed on the first day. Uh, very relaxed, obviously, after the Arsenal game as well. Um, relaxed before the Bayern game, maybe a little bit more um, tense, maybe after the after the Bayern game. Maybe you know, showing up the fact that there are some uh, quite a few things he needs to deal with. Obviously, it's not been ideal off the field with Kennedy and and the situation there with social media posts. Really, sort of silly thing to do. That's got him into quite a bit of trouble. Um, so yeah, the, the players have generally been relaxed. It's, you know, it's difficult um, when the heat is this. This is pretty hot out in, in Singapore. It was quite cool in Beijing, but in Singapore, particularly, it's very, very hot. So I think for the players to train, you know, under below the way that Conte likes to train as well, three hard days of training, um, it's probably going to take their toll at the end of the week. What's coming up in the next few days? Obviously, you've got. Um tomorrow before the press conference on Friday I believe and then the match itself on the Saturday so what what else what else have we got sort of on the agenda yeah well actually compared to a few of the other teams the, the Chelsea players are keeping themselves themselves a little bit more there's not as much um, sort of press duties if you like for them yeah. um, you know they're, they're going into parade the Premier League trophy in the centre of town tomorrow but the players um, I believe won't be there um, they're training over the American school um, for the next couple of days. Um, so really it's a bit of downtime as, as far as the actual tour um, goes before the, the press conference on Friday. Obviously Inter are playing Bayern on Thursday night as well. Um, and so yeah, the, so it is a bit, a bit of downtime generally for the players apart from the training. Um, and then yeah, press conference on Friday and then match again 7.35 here. So what's that, 12.35 you, your guys' time. In the afternoon on Saturday. Beautiful, and and we've we've managed to keep this to fairly rigidly to half an hour, which which is pretty amazing, really. Given very rare for us, like we've packed just about <laughs> just about everything on the agenda into that. So um, so yeah, that's all we've got time for this week, Chelsea fans. Um, be sure to um, give the podcast uh, a listen, subscribe as well, um, and and sign up to listen to all of our podcasts. If there's anything that you want us to talk about in future episodes, just let us know on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll sign off from here. So thanks, Ollie, for checking in at the time of... It's coming up to nine o'clock for you now, isn't it? And you still haven't had your dinner, so... I'm going to go get some food now. Very, very, very nice too. Thanks for, thanks for joining <laughs> us anyway. No worries. And thank you, Kev, as always. Thank you very much. Lovely. Um, And uh, be sure to keep up to date with all the latest Chelsea news out in Singapore for the remainder of the tour uh, by following Ollie on Twitter and uh, also the Chelsea account for football.london as well. We'll be back next week um, with another podcast, hopefully upon Ollie's return, and uh, we'll see you then.